Hello, my little pudding cups. Welcome to episode three of season three, episode 37 overall of Austin Pudding Presents The Podcast. I am Harry. As always, this week, I have two guys named Steven on the show. Uh, the Stevens play in a band together. The band is called Fat Randy. They're sort of like noisy, post-hardcore. They reference later in the show that they've been referred to as um, avant prog punk. I love them. They're, they're really funny guys, so I was excited to have them on the show. But yeah, nothing else to say, really, other than let's get into it. Here we go. Um, oh, as you know, I should uh, mention the names of the songs. I got to remember to do that. You're going to hear three Fat Randy songs over the course of this episode. The first one you hear is called... It's called Mansplaining What Mastering Is During That Movie You Wanted to Watch. I think that's the full title. It's getting kind of cut off because <laughs> it's a long song title. <laughs> the second song you'll hear, Alice Window. And the last song you're going to hear is called Soup for My Family. Um, another small note about this episode. When, when I recorded this, the plan was that this was going to be the episode that came out on May 4th. So there's like a bit of Star Wars talk at the end. That's not how it ended up happening. So this is the May the 4th be with you day observed episode, even though it's coming out on May 18th. J but, you know, just like they say in Star Wars, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. And I hope you all, I hope you all get that joke. All right. Enjoy the talk with Fat Randy. Bye. <laughs> So yeah, talking talking horse pills here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna peddle you all all the supplements, the fake supplements that I like. I put my own brand on, and definitely like claim to use, but definitely don't use. Yeah, I, I do. You, do you listen to the Huberman Lab podcast at all? Are you in that rabbit hole? Uh, no, the name sounds super familiar. Actually, what I found when once I started this podcast, I stopped listening to other podcasts, not out of like any bitter like rivalry just like i don't have time to listen to other podcasts there's a lot there's a lot going on i i cycle through a couple but uh it comes at the expenses of other ones you know i've got a podcast equilibrium that i must satisfy at all times oh no ab absolutely like the ones i keep up with most now are like the npr like wbur like local news ones just because i like good. you know gotta want to keep a thumb on like you know, the pulse of where i live but um yeah oh, but you're saying the huberman huberman podcast Oh, yes. So he's a uh, Stanford uh, ophthalmology and also neurobiology professor. Oh, um, shit. From what I can tell, he's not a hack. But with every <laughs> commercial break, it's like athletic greens. And I take these pills and mm -hmm. I do like 40 hertz binaural beats every day for 20 minutes. And I look at the sun every day when I wake up for 30 minutes. I'm like, bro, you don't. You're subject to the day, like like me and all of the other yahoos. Like you're not doing this. You yeah. Know? So that's the only hackish thing. It's like there's no way this man could inhale all of these supplements that he's hawking. The only pills I'm on right now are like five gas station dick pills. Absolutely. How's it working? The best pills. Yeah. I like. I can see into the future right now. Like that's I know it. exactly how this podcast is going to end, and by the end of it, we're only going to have one person named Stephen. But no, it's yeah. not. That doesn't necessarily mean death. You one of you might just decide to change your name, and with that, this is probably a great introduction to who I'm talking to for the listener's sake. So I'm talking to Stephen and Stephen, 
who are both members of a band called Fat Randy. But as far as I know, it's kind of like there's no Randy in the band. No Randy. There's never been a Randy, although we all sort of embody Randy mm. in some different aspect. Yeah, this is my opening I've, question, like opening salvo that I've just like everything is going to spiral from here. Sure. I've I've actually been called Randy after shows and I'm like, oh, that's yeah, it's pretty demoralizing, which is why <laughs> I um, which is why I'm in a quest to, you know, fulfill all of the dictates of my body dysmorphic demons until uh i perish, so. <laughs> you know that makes me feel good and also better than you because i've never been called randy after the show i always get asked which one of you is randy so i'm yeah, just gonna no. start saying it's you yeah no it, it has been historically i have been randy um and then oftentimes i say no i embody dysmorphic steve and uh, <laughs> that works out usually it's all good. Say. We're both body dysmorphic Steve, so you're going to have to pick something a little bit more specific. <laughs> okay, body dysmorphic Steve one. It's the that trouble, works. Yeah. yeah, having band na- band members with the same same name as you. It could it be like a gorilla situation where you invent like Randy as a character? I think we toyed with that idea for a little while. Well, we we we've briefly toyed with the idea of making this band uh, a virtual e girl band. Mm. And uh, yeah, just completely divesting our physical uh, personages from this whole project and just making it seem like it's from this <laughs> this like digitized, you know, Jamie Hewlett style e-girl and uh, going from there. I think that would actually be pretty sick. I think so, it would I be. Guess. And all we have to do is like get some sort of like AI app to like create this like AI generated e-girl and then we use that. Uh, to promote all of our material because all of us are generally pretty unappealing and unattractive. So yeah. I think it would do us wonders. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Been learning that. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely am with body dysmorphic Steve's right now. You guys look great. I know I'm just seeing oh, you on a, little, on, a, on a little screen, but none of that negative self-talk is allowed on this podcast. Thank you. Hate, hate yourself after the interview ends. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. have time right. for this. I can, I'm not your therapist. I can make it. <laughs> I can make it 50 minutes. I can make it 50 minutes. <laughs> sure. Um I'm rocking the um I'm rocking the uh, the white undershirt shirt on top thing because I've seen exactly one episode of the Sopranos, so Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Are you eating any more uh, gabagool? Uh no, I'm having uh, some of that regat. Uh I've been regat, called a sh- yeah. Mm. I've been called a schnorrer in my day. Kind of I, like I, Father Phil. Can you can you define that? Uh, it's somebody who mooches. Okay. Um, he's, a schnor- he's a schnorrer. I've seen the whole of The Sopranos. I haven't oh, just yeah, seen yeah. one episode. Multiple, it's, it's multiple become... times, right? No, just the first time. Oh, the first okay. time was actually uh, a couple weeks ago for me. It was very exciting. Oh, nice. So like a recent inductee into like mm-hmm. Sopranos stand culture. Hell yeah. No, I've I've seen seen it at least twice full and then like handfuls of episodes multiple times. Sopranos is amazing. How is it on the rewatch? Oh, I honestly, I think it's even, I thought it was even better. Like I did my first watch like 10 years ago. And then my second one was like 2020, like pandemic rewatch, like, you know, half of millennials watched or rewatched the Sopranos. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely like enjoyed it more parts like, cause there's definitely long sections of, cause it's not really, there isn't like a central plot as much 
as like some other like long drama t show TV shows. But you know, each season kind of has like an arc. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that I thought was a little boring the first time around, I just like didn't notice myself being bored at all. And I just like really what my favorite part of the show became just like the throwaway scenes just of characters interacting and just like the way that these characters interact is just like written so well, it's acted so well. Um, yeah. And anything, anything involving Polly and Christopher is pure gold. The pines. Yeah. 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 Oh, the pines. Yeah. Is a quintessential episode. I think, I think that one, I think that one might be my favorite of the ones I remember. I also, I similarly watched it maybe, yeah, probably like 10 years ago now. I think I'm due for a rewatch because I think I would appreciate it more watching it back now as uh, now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser. Yeah. Maybe. No. And it's, it's a smart fucking show. Like set the, you know, set the precedent for like all, you know, TV drama to follow. Yes. You know, Breaking Tony, Bad, Mad Men. Yeah. I was going to say, Tony and Christopher walked so that Walter and Jesse could run. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Walter White seems less appealing uh, now that I have Tony Soprano in my like, my like oeuvre <laughs> of prestige TV <laughs> dynamo characters. Did um, you notice yourself eating more? It- I know, like, we asked about the Gabagool, but did you find yourself eating more Italian food? Because both times I've watched it, I like was mainlining pasta. I cook probably like two ish Italian meals a week for my wife. So like I the, the volume didn't change so much. Uh what first did change uh first off, my wife and second my- off what what <laughs> I'm Italian glad meals. You said what was on my mind because I I was like how like I'm we all wanted to say it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to I don't want to be too much of a dictator on this sure. on like this show and be and be like, actually, I'm gonna need you to run that back. Yeah, I got I got and say my wife, <laughs> my wife. Yeah. Um, I got a uh, eggplant lasagna. I do pretty regularly. Ooh, um, yeah. yeah, I do. I do angry pasta, which is just like it's like turkey sausage and linguine and spinach and mushrooms and um, arabiata. Why and is it angry? Because of the arabiata. Okay, should have light a fire in your butthole. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't want that, but yeah. if, if if that does something for you, then that's cool. Yeah. Um. Actually, um. I don't. I don't do this regularly. I've only done this once, but maybe. Um. Actually, I I remember exactly when it was. It was President's Day, last President's Day. I made um, at the uh, the recommendation of uh my buddy Zach a um. It's called the uh, it's like a pork shoulder broccoli rob um and like long peppers sub it's based off of this uh this restaurant in philly that's closed now called denix uh and that i would consider like you know at least like from italians so therefore maybe it is italian food so uh, uh, oh maybe okay pork yeah, shoulder broccoli rob peppers that's like provolone romano <sighs> I don't know. I, that sounds like a uh, very Americanized Italian food. It like, came yeah, like from more more so than all of the other Italian American food. It came from Denix, D I lo- lowercase I uppercase N I C Denix. This is a Boston podcast. We only talk about the Celtics on here. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, Got uh, yeah. No, if either of you want to quit out of the the meeting after that joke, I would understand. 
No, you're good. Um, we're actually we're so um, I, I I guess while um, you know to direct into uh, into band matters um, in the interest of being uh, a shepherd of sorts, uh, Fat Randy actually formed at the University of Connecticut. Uh, so right now, just on the subject of basketball and on the subject of Fat Randy, we are um, oh lord, yeah, yeah, we're we're basking in the glory of our beloved fifth title. Oh, um, have right. you seen? Yeah, have you seen the videos of the Congrats. aftermath? I actually saw one that you posted on Instagram of like the guy oh, yeah, with man. the fold out chair over the fire. It is mayhem, and this is the same same thing that happened in 2014 when the uh, the men's and the women's basketball team oh, won yeah. the championship. They absolutely nuts. Uh, they threw a lamp post through one of the main like teaching build like like classrooms. Um, I watched so that, it. It was sick. Cool. I rolled a trash can down the road. I like. Oh, yeah, you, buddy, were, yeah like, you were there. You were there. Yeah, so so Connor and I were, were sophomores at the time uh, that they won in uh, 2014. So, um, you know, we were there to partake in the destruction and the violence. And uh, me and my buddy uh, dismantled a trash can so we could roll it down the road. And Hell it was yeah. really exciting. And uh, I, I long for that kind of uh, wanton group violence, you know, uh, productively, of course. Yeah. As, long, as long as no one gets hurt, you know. I don't give a fuck about property damage. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people. Can, yeah. It's not my. I problem. saw a video. Yeah, I saw a video of some dude get like beamed in the head with a lamppost, and he fell to the ground like a sack of bricks. <laughs> Homie is definitely dead or in a coma after that one. Was that last night or in 2014? No, that was last night. Oh yeah, no, that guy is uh, like. Homie's um, not doing well today. Nah, nah, that's. Um, but <laughs> if he was, you know, maybe maybe he's like a big old football player. Maybe he was resilient. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe, or he was a drunk freshman, uh, and he is now suffering the consequences of uh, drinking a whole handle of a uh, Captain Morgan. As yeah. a former drunk freshman, like I'm surprised I'm alive. Um, Same here. You know, they, like I wouldn't count him out. Is all I'm saying. There's like a durability to the drunk freshman that you. Oh, yeah, there is. And that's why I, all of those people in those videos, I believe, are probably like, OK, today. Yeah. Yeah. If they're under the age of like if they're 19 or younger, they're fine. Yeah. And then like kids will eat, you know, leftover pasta and they'll be like, well, bacteria killed me. You know, it's just so weird. <laughs> oh, food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Kids have, these days are so. I know. You, they have it Cotton. so easy. <laughs> The coddling of the American university. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've all inhaled some spores. Get over it. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. We've all had to live in dorm rooms with asbestos and all of that. Yeah. My regressive politics from all the lead that I inhaled from my house? What? What of it? it <laughs> fucking the, the woke mob is... I was born for... in 1967? <laughs> yeah, weirdly, nobody thinks Gen X is as conservative and awful as it is. But uh, it turns out uh, that was uh, when the uh, highest incidence of lead in homes was. Oh, it's crazy. Is that why so, they're like that? Yeah. Correlation oh, is causation. So they're, like, like they're getting because they're getting to that age where like what would get like the youngest Gen Xers must are like. What, like 45 like, now? Yeah, 1979 or something like that. So that'd be the be cutoff. Like yeah, yeah. 44, 45. And yeah, I mean, so they're, they're, they're getting up there to that age where like you either like either you've decided to be left and progressive 
or or you've just like gradually regressed it like towards a more conservative <laughs> worldview. I that's my theory on on a, a American aging. <laughs> it's a uh, the dark night, you know, you live long enough to see yourself uh agreeing with um Lou Dobbs. You live long enough to see yourself enact the Patriot Act. Yeah. With the, just the, I the real villain of that movie. The the Joker gets a bad bad rap. But the real villain in that movie is the Patriot Act. I think we can all agree on that one. I think the real villain in that movie was that guy um, who was seized at the uh, the press conference shooting and then went to go on and star in all of those Wendy's commercials. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> because I'm going to have to rewatch that with this in mind. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was there for that and everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And if you don't, you're the problem. I guess I'm the problem. Yeah. Who do you guys think is going to be our lead paint? I think it's microplastics. Microplastics. Yeah, uh, low PFAS, key, low whatever. Key, uh, PFAS vapes, A. Like vape oil. Like vape cartridge oil for like... like yeah, I, I, I... The yeah. jury's out on how safe that shit is, I think. The popcorn lung... <laughs> Well, that's why it's like so it's like it's all like just totally acceptable, like to just hit the vape as much as you want, because there is no scientific consensus on the long term effects yet. So it's like it's cool and chill. Um, The past couple of gigs, uh, I've been, um, you know, especially if I'm dragging pretty hard, uh, I'm looking for like uh, a low to no calorie energy uh supplement so oftentimes what i find myself consuming is uh energy drinks that are like flavored after oh, Jesus fake thing. bang well, energy yeah. are you a ba- do you do you get on that bang no. energy train this, uh no not before the, like most recent shows he's always drinking the like pink berry burst c4 energy drinks or whatever it is and that stuff is so heinous i don't know how you drink it I've never tried C4, but only because, like, I'm not drinking something that's you named after an explosive. <laughs> you should try NOS. <laughs> that was actually, uh, when I was at UConn, I, I had some fun with NOS. And by that, I mean, I, I tried to study. And instead of studying, I just, like, shook from my hands for two hours in a, in a library. <laughs> I, I had one bang energy, and I, like, thought I was going to die. I, like, just laid down on my couch and was, like, I don't know. You know, I don't think I'm going to make it. I, should I call my mom? Be <laughs> <laughs> like, Ma! Yeah. I had a similar experience, not with an energy drink, but I broke a, uh extended release Adderall in half and then took half of, like, took one of the halves. Um, and I guess when you break one of those extended release things open, uh, they just release all at once and there is no oh, extended yeah, yeah. release. Yeah. So it all hit me at once and it felt like I could feel my blood pumping through my body. I had to go walk around campus for like three hours. Anytime I took Adderall in college, it was it had like I definitely felt it, but it did not help me. Like you know, I took it to like study, or I'm gonna like stay up all night and write this paper, and I would just stay up all night and like play guitar, like practice guitar. And what, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't do this for actual academic purposes. But like anytime I was like jamming with like the band that I played with, I was like, yo, I might take some Adderall before this, and I would. Yeah. Felt like I was fucking sick at guitar. And when I, in reality, I'm mediocre. <laughs> I 
didn't take it at all in college because I like held myself to some sort of disciplinarian standard that I clearly didn't need to hold myself to because I could have been like, now that I'm prescribed it and I see that <laughs> I'm I'm supposed to be on it clearly, like I could have been fucking valedictorian of... You no, know. You, no, you couldn't. I, I would have. <laughs> no, I would have. You couldn't have. You don't even know what I'm capable. Of. That's, <laughs> I. I would have been incredible. I would have been a contender for sure. But what what right, I do man. notice about it now is like, I. T- so first of all, if you pair it with caffeine and kombucha, which has caffeine, which is like typically what I do around like eleven a.m. every you know most days. Um. I feel like God, it's incredible. But uh, as far as productivity goes, it works best when you're already kind of like cultivating the flow state. If you've already kind of established that you're doing something mm-hmm. it is still, at least for me, it's equally hard to like invest um, and and execute something if I'm just kind of like if I'm starting to peek on it and I like haven't started doing that thing already. Um, I'm sure for people with, uh, you know, just generally better functioning selves, that might not be the case. But for me, that is. So I have to be like already kind of on a roll. And then when I hit, it's just like, all right, now now we're in the video game of life. Speaking of better functioning, I just popped a weed gummy. Oh, nice. Yeah, very nice. Very good. And I might roll a spliff, but that's more to prep myself for the show. Uh, where where are you going, by the way? I'm going to Roadrunner to see Molchat Doma. I mean, Stephen, we're talking about that. Some good like post punk goth shit. Well, that's cool. Get real, real dark on a Tuesday night. You know? Yeah, I want to go to more goth shows. Yeah. The um, that that club Man Ray, like a historic Boston like goth and industrial leather fetish club, just reopened in Central Square where um. Uh, improv Boston used, used to be if you knew where improv Boston was. Um, mm. So, yeah, and it's I haven't been yet, out. but I have a few friends who've gone said so they've had a great time. Like they have like theme nights. I think like Thursday night might be the goth night, but don't quote me on that. But Man Ray, yeah, yeah. give him a shout out on the pod. Cool. So, so what are you thinking? Well, I was maybe we should run down the other members of the band that aren't aren't here. So we have uh, like a like a reduced lineup. We have the two Stevens. Yeah, yes. Who who are we missing from Fat Randy? So we've got uh, Connor Lucy, who is the uh, drummer. He's been with us uh, for the entire run of Fat Randy. Uh, Evan Horn is our saxophone player who uh, recorded with us when we recorded our first album, and then became a core core Fat Randy member. And now we have uh, Carl Strum. Okay, so. Carl Strum, who plays guitar, he's our second, uh, okay. second guitarist. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm hoping and, he's like he's the drummer, <laughs> but no, no, we have Carl Strum, who is the guitarist, and then Evan Horn, who is the saxophone player, and that is not a joke. Those are their real names. Hell yeah! And then uh, so Car- Carl just started playing with us uh, the past uh, few shows that we've been doing, and we have very much enjoyed having him in our lineup. It's so much better. It's like night and day. Well, uh, how 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 long? So you guys all met at college, but like, how long ago was that? Uh, twenty fifteen. So it's uh, in the words of my favorite band, Stained. It has indeed been a while. That been a while. It's been some time. Yeah. Friends of the show, Stained. Yeah. Noted Massachusetts yins. Springfield, Massachusetts. Springfield, Massachusetts. Greatest chud. 
the same yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit country. He's also a little bit rock and roll. We can all sort of we can only hope band. to be. Yeah. I mean, those those are the two genres. Every, everything else can be broken down between country and rock and roll. Like, throw out any genre to me. I'll tell you whether it's country or rock. Uh, dubstep. Uh, that's, that's country. Klezmer. Ooh, well, that's, that's country. Yeah, it came, it came from a country. Yeah. <laughs> I, anything, anything like traditional and folkloric is country. Sure, sure. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. Which, uh, dubstep is traditional and folkloric country from uh the uk <laughs> yeah that's their culture right, what about ambient noise that's rock what about all rock right. that's country <laughs> <laughs> all right what about country that's also country all right checks out yeah. what about alt country <laughs> that's rock <laughs> like you start all the ways like like wilco yeah 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 <laughs> the rock <laughs> yeah this is fun <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what about dubstep? Uh, it was country, but I just got <laughs> a text from the the team that uh, defines these things, and they told me it's been updated to rock status. So that's fresh nice. news. Yeah. That. Do you guys think this is what theory classes are like at Berkeley? <laughs> yeah, is, I am actually a theory professor at Berkeley, so this is this is my curriculum. <laughs> Did you know All that right, up? Listeners, you better pay attention because this yeah. is a free education right yeah. here. This yeah. costs you thousands of dollars. <laughs> tens, tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. You could be in $200,000 of debt or, or just listening yeah. to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's only like four credits. So, you know, it's not like a whole, you know, four-year education. But, Did you know you that know. Paula Cole is a teacher at Berkeley? No. <laughs> I don't know. I think defining genres as either rock or country, I think that could be equivalent to like a four year like music history degree. Yeah. Well, there's so many genres now and people are like, you know, you either you either don't care or you get way too hyper specific about it. And so really we just need to consolidate everything back into like two genres. Rock or country. Mm. I like country. I like country too. I like to rock a little country for sure. Yeah. I like so I, I don't like post 9-11 country. Mm. But but pre-9-11 country, I do like it's a good, it's a good shout. That, that's yeah. that's that's my dividing line. If you're singing about like cool stuff, I, I dig it. But if you're just singing about like American flags and pickup trucks, then I don't know. But I'm sure there's some cool songs about pickup trucks though. I've gotten really into the subreddit talking about how much cars suck. Yeah. And uh one thing I saw maybe a week ago was this infographic of the F-150's bed over time and how the bed just gets smaller and the back of the car gets even bigger uh, because people don't actually use pickup trucks for utility purposes. They just want the truck. It's, you know? it's an aesthetic choice. Oh, so like he, like the the models that come over the years, the bed ends up being smaller. Okay. Yes, exactly. I yeah. thought you just meant like I if I buy a truck right now in in ten years, that bed is going to shrink. And I was like, that sounds pretty sus. <laughs> it's a it's a big consumer protection issue. Yeah, we're working yeah. on it. It's yeah yeah like I like I know that like my phone has some like planned obsolescence to it, but I didn't know that trucks were being affected by this. They really just don't make things like they used to. Yeah. Um, in Connecticut, there was this big like quasi scandal because um, in like a 
small contingent of the state. There was um, there were these houses that were built on foundations of I think it was called the pyrotidine. I think is how you pronounce it. Um, but the natural byproduct of that was that the foundations of these houses were sinking and these houses were like primed for collapse eventually. So uh, that can be a defect, certainly. Well, it's just like how, you know, like real estate in Boston and the surrounding areas is so expensive, but it's all going to be underwater in like 50 years. Probably, yeah. Buy a, you know, buy a house in Worcester. Invest in Worcester now. <laughs> yeah. Revitalize. Worcester is going to be the new Boston in 50 years. The America's Venice. They just need mm-hmm. the canals. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should do, maybe we just got to build up because a lot of the building, like a lot, most of the buildings in Boston are super short. We just have to build up so that yeah. when the water level starts to rise, we could just get everywhere on boat. Yeah. Run by the um, MBTA, which obviously all the boats would always be on time. Yeah. Well, that's working so well for Venice, too. Yeah, clearly (laughs) they've they have no concerns in Venice. Every time we watch God instead at night, TV volumes eighty percent. 180 db when things explode i'm sure you'd like to know every time yeah the shins are cool but have you heard of I'm oppressed by a big dynamic range Two would never have this issue Just makes you a fool. 
we'll just uh we'll stop talking for a minute so you have a nice little clean break in the uh in the pod or you yeah, can just perfect. you can just keep on going and it, like it'll just like it, that's that's your time that's you <laughs> fat randy so we can say, say anything say anything no <laughs> yeah. no no no, no. <laughs> there is no fat randy says anything part of the podcast yeah. <laughs> so so harry what do you what do you want to know about the the, uh, the fat randy experience what uh what yeah. journey orally or otherwise can we take you on in well, service of you and this podcast my journey has had has already begun in the past like week and a half because uh, I, especially the past couple of days, just been mainlining the three albums you guys have put out for you know for the listeners' sake. I'll uh, I'll run through them. So in 2017, you you dropped Reganomics. Not now. I'm gonna slow that down and repeat it because we have in previous episodes I have talked about Ronald Reagan, notably one previous episode. I did not say Reganomics. I said Reganomics. It's the name of your album. Yep. That's right. And you have last year, 2022, you put out two albums. Did like, am I right on that? They both came out the same year. And it's not just like yeah. listing. Yep. Okay, cool. So you yep, have Rand- Randy, Alex G and then slow incremental change. And I, I loved all three, but also especially like um, Randy, Alex G was felt like a very different vibe than, than the other two, which felt a little more like, like riff heavy like punk noisy where randy alex g felt a little more like on the like the chiller indie side like his songs were a little slower but i also i like one of the things that stands out about you guys on first listen is like how how funny you guys are so many little like thank you like skits or like spoken word pieces that are embedded in you know in in tracks that are just like just hilarious and just uh i don't know a lot of the time it felt like you were you're painting um like painting the scene of 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 the DIY scene and just kind of making these these characters that exist you know that are that are definitely like based on on tropes of like indie rock dudes um but just like brilliant caricatures of that um and so like kind of like where does that like what's kind of the inspiration behind that and uh why do you feel like it's useful to incorporate that in in your your music and your songwriting uh, so, so it sounds like you're referring primarily, at least in in the latter case, to to kind of the Randy Alex G yes, DIY yeah, yeah. dude stylings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of like the the conception behind Randy Alex G was like we hadn't released an album uh, in. So it got it got a little screwed up. So we released the first album at the end of 2017. It was like December like 28th or something like that. And then we went on tour. And then we like kind of you know, did the DIY tour thing in support of that in like for like a year and a half. And then we started prepping the slow incremental change material. And we were probably like halfway through the recording when March 2020 happened. So we just kind of like sat with that material. I'd say I remember it well, but I do not. Yeah, I, I remember it was all it. kind of a blur. I developed a, a nice little alcoholism for a couple months there. Uh, naturally yeah yeah. Was, yeah i mean hey it was hard it was a hard rough time yeah. yeah i yeah i remember it vividly but i i had literally started my job the day that uh connecticut's governor closed down the state so Oof. i was like thrown into the thick of it it was it was pretty crazy but um in any case um we wanted to be able to tour behind the slow incremental change material so we were kind of um 
you know, biding our time for that. And also just, you know, with with all of the like awful kind of social media dynamics, we like wanted to sort of like rebuild engagement and whatever that means. So like, yeah, because over, yeah, just to add, yeah, over like 20. So in 2020 and then 2021, uh, we like were basically like absent from any sort of like promotion of ourselves or our material so we basically like had to just restart as a band like coming Mm. out of the pandemic and also on top of that i i also moved out of the country i was living in england for a year and a couple of months so we like weren't practicing or like in the same like area for quite a quite a bit of time so there were a lot of a lot of obstacles there yeah, not not to mention just the the general dynamics of the band, which is to say Connor and Steve live in Boston, Evan lives in Rockland, Maine, and I live in Connecticut. So like, you know, it's it's a you know, that that's just a, a contiguous issue. So the factor yeah, in yeah. Steve not being there, it's yeah, it's a lot. Um but yeah, so so Randy Alex G was conceived of this way to sort of like act as like a musical trojan horse in service of slow incremental change um and also i kind of like i wanted to be able to like determine whether or not i i could like try to write songs under like a specific mandate which was like we are going to write songs as if they are like soaked in the like the virtual bathwater of jewel sexuals instagram and like the the diy bro uh parody kind of stylings therein so yeah between you know me and steve uh working on that stuff um we just kind of cranked that out and uh that came out earlier last year so that slow incremental change could come out uh when we planned a tour which was last fall so and part of the joke, part of the joke of the album was also that the that sound itself is like diametrically opposed to our normal sound, which is weird and noisy, post hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Uh, someone called us avant. What was it? Avant Prague noise rock. Yeah, no, that fits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, that's so. That's rock. I, I think mean, we're all not, not country. Rock. Yes, yeah, not yeah. country. Yeah. Alt country a little though, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is rock. <laughs> yeah, which as is we, rock. It would, as we determined. <laughs> That's the phylogeny. That's how it goes. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So so the way that worked too is that like the Randy Alex G unit became like we we created a a, a bit of a, a fat Randy extended cinematic universe hmm. as it were because there's like a separate unit that plays the Randy Alex G material uh when it's you know basically convenient to promote that material so for that album (laughs) so basically whenever there's a show in connecticut that we get asked to play and neither me or connor want to drive from boston and go play it cafe night on a a tuesday exactly and i actually one of one of my like little kind of mood board goals was i had never played at cafe nine it's this uh this bar in in new haven connecticut uh on a tuesday or a thursday uh, uh and uh i have satisfied those goals uh in spades so uh yeah um, love, love checking off the the bucket list yeah absolutely but yeah no it was it was just it was it was cool to kind of like force ourselves to like hew to this concept uh and like overcommit to a bit so um <laughs> i mean i i think if there's anything about us like 
historically, it is a, a, a steadfast overcommitment to any and all bits. Well, I mean, like, I'd say it's a pretty su- successful commitment because, like, that elm is is really good. Even like, thank you. Very different. I I still think probably slow incremental change ended up being my favorite, but I de- I definitely hear like the the Prague, not, yeah, the noise Prague like comparisons. I mean, it seemed like you were kind of sitting on on that one for a while based on what what you were saying. So like, how did it feel when once you finally got to release it and and tore off off of that? Have you ever been driving for a long time and you really have to go to the bathroom? But you're like so close to home that you're like, I'm not going to stop. Like, I'm just going to wait until you're home. And then it just like becomes like you realize like, oh, fuck, it's like longer than I thought, longer than I thought. But you're like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then you finally get home and you like repaint your bathroom with whatever it is you're holding in. And it's the most relieving feeling in the entire mm-hmm. world. That's basically how it felt when we released slow incremental change, because it had been like probably like three or four years since we like since we began recording the material it was it was like sep- september 2019 was the first recording of it and it came yeah, out wow. in fucking yeah, yeah. october 2022 yeah so yeah, it's a couple months ago yeah yeah i don't know it just it's it's it was it felt like i mean it was gratifying because it was you have to live with like whatever you know and i i think this is being a little bit solipsistic but like you you will say for all intents and purposes that i'm right you know you have to live with this sort of idea of you based on what you have. And for us, it's like, we know what we have, we know what we're capable of, and we would like to, you know, divulge that, you know, but, um, you know, for one reason or another, we just kind of felt like we couldn't. So it was nice to be able to like, actually just be like, no, no, this is it. We're, we're, we're good. This is a good thing that we're like proud of. Please, you know, digest accordingly. Um, yeah. And it was cool. Yeah, like I, I felt um, be- between the two records we released last year, but especially Slow Incremental Change, I felt like very seen and validated in a way that like I don't think I have been musically before. So that was cool. Nice. Yeah, that's that must be a great feeling. Um, so like when did recording stop yeah. then? Like when did you like wrap it? Uh, I think it was like uh, like the end of summer 2021. Uh, okay. I, remember, yeah. I, I remember it was mastered like a year before we dropped it. I think it, it got done. So Yeah, because I know, Stephen, you you and Connor probably went to the studio a couple of times after I recorded all like my bass lines to everything, right? And you like went, cleaned some stuff up. You Didn't you go to England in like February 2020? Wasn't that the... It was uh, September 2020. Sept- oh, holy shit. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, no, we were we were there... I mean, we did a lot of mixing and stuff, but I don't think we got done tracking the album until like, well, it was weird, too, because I mean, like the way that that uh, uh, Dave uh, Minahan, our, um, our producer on that uh, works is he's kind of mixing as he goes. So I, I remember like half of the record was was basically mixed before the other half of the record. And then we also still had to do tracking on that other half of the record while you had already gone. Um, we just it got was, it was a very efficient process. It, that's the other thing, too. It was just it was like it was so fucking drawn out. And I mean, it's also part of it. Part of it is like, you know, it's in order to be cost effective, we can only afford to record so many times in a given period of time. But like, it, yes, yeah, we had to record all of Steve's bass parts before he left and then record our overdubs and stuff on top of that, um, which was, yeah, it was fucking stupid. But 
It worked though. Maybe. Yeah. No, I mean it sounds yeah. it sounds good. It sounds crisp. Like the production is is great on that album. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah. uh, Willie Mammoth sound in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts. Yeah, shout out to Sir Dave Minahan. Absolutely, because like honestly, and even with the other two albums, like even for a band that uh, falls under, can definitely be like categorized under noise rock. Like everything sounds like crisp and clean. Listening to those albums, like you can make out the ins. Nothing sounds like like overly muddy and. That's our that's our Steely Dan aspect coming out there. Hey, love yeah. the Dan. Yeah. Very pedantic. Ma, you know, Donald Fagan, Walter Becker, you're talking to him. 2.0. You also play your guitar like up here? Uh, I used to. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, I look like a chud. I just, it, like, it's like, I, so I, I've been playing a jazz master for the past couple of years, but like I was playing this, uh, like kind of ES335, uh, knockoff type thing for a while. And I just don't think you can look. I don't think I can look good with uh, like a jazz guitar like that. I think it just it looks too boxy and it just like accentuates mm -hmm. all of the wrong features. But like you get like one of those nice offset Fender type deals and you're like, wow, that guy, that guy rocks. And that guy is me. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's important to like see yourself as rocking. It's like, yeah, like I'm a I'm a cool dude. Yeah, it's the only way I've been looking at. Um, I'm looking to get a new a new bass amp uh recently and two two uh amps i was looking at was i was looking at some orange like bass heads and also like uh svt pro the svt3 pro um bass head and the svt3 pro it's got a nice like like eq section you know like yeah i really versatile and everything like that uh but the orange head looks cooler mm. and it looks like it rocks harder and i think if i were to use it it would look like i rocked harder which is why i'm leaning towards the orange head for that reason and that reason alone yeah it just I mean, I mean it probably sounds really good too it, it, also, it also sounds really good yeah i feel like music or being a musician now like there's so much uh so much pressure put on like like image and 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 looking good rather like than you know like oh yeah sounding sounding good you know but yes, uh i yes yeah it, you guys you guys do both it sounds like <laughs> i mean I we're, hope, i hope so. we really try we, like we really try like really hard to i think i think the, like it comes naturally to us i think i think the push has has only been recent though i think we've only within the past year kind of taken stock of like it would be cool if we moved around more. Like one of the reasons why I'm so glad Carl is in the band now is that I get to like go, you know, goblin mode or whatever. And I just, you know, don't have to play guitar and I can actually like move around and like interact with the crowd. Cause typically like I'm like doing all this like pedal tap dancing shit and it's like mm -hmm. important as you know, sonically for me, but like aesthetically, it's just like, I look like a fucking nerd and there is no way to divorce myself from that because I am a fucking nerd and I'm doing nerd shit and I can't not be a nerd in service of like the physical and sonic characteristics of this music. So it's just it's a nightmare, you know? Yeah. Now, Car now no, Carl no, does ahead. it. <laughs> yeah. Freeze, freeze you up to to be the rock star that you've always envisioned yourself as. Yeah, totally. Uh, in a similar vein, I feel like there is also or I uh, like I. I feel that there is a, a not a pressure, but like a sort of like expectation of like 
also presenting a like good like social media presence like all like you know all the good like all the good bands like have like very like nice like instagram pages with all these nice photos and that's another thing we've done over the past like year or so is like clean up our social media to make ourselves look like quote professional or whatever whatever that means i'm rolling my eyes over here yeah but not at you guys at the concept of like You like you know what I'm saying, right? Like, it, like, it, like it's and it's such a pain. It's such a pain because like I just I just want to do music stuff and not have to worry about like that sort of promo. But I feel like it's this well, now in- integral part of being a musician, and especially on like the DIY level that we're at is like you need to have like this good internet aesthetic. And well, it's you can't so you can't obnoxious. also can't afford to pay a team to do that for you. So it has to come exactly. like all that yeah. has to come out of your own time, which could be you know using Spend to make making music, music. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, yep. but no no it's like become like part of, part of the whole operation is maintaining a social media presence and like some people like trying to make it real real big like you know are posting at least daily on yeah at least one app like tiktok has become a huge like influence in terms of you know what music gets big yes yeah absolutely and like i just i you know i i don't think any of us you know, like we all like all everyone in the band, like we all work like nine to fives or whatever. It's like we don't really have time or the desire to be making these TikToks every day that, you know, take, you know, the, the TikTok lasts like 30 seconds, but you take multiple shots or angles or whatever at like a minute long. And then you're sitting there yeah. for half an hour on your couch editing the the video and oh, it's such a pain. The whole operation yeah. it's a whole production. Like it is. Stra- straining your traps, trying to, you know, like just being in the text neck position, like editing diligently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the worst. Yeah. No, I mean, so here, here's what I'll say, like through the songwriting process, like I, you know, one of, one of the reasons why, you know, I, I would say in part, uh, there was a delay in the release of our music is that I am, you know, a slow songwriter. I'm very picky. I write stuff and I'm like, that's dog shit. That doesn't live up to my standards. And then I scrap it. And I do that pretty often. I live in this constant world of of self-doubt and like like a disgusting level of like pedanticism about, you know, how I want to like convey my expression publicly, you know, through the music. So the concept of being an influencer and like doing that kind of dance and rigmarole on like a daily basis is so fucking terrifying to me. Like who like who am I to to like offer my opinions about chocolate milk or whatever? I have some very strong and reasonable opinions about chocolate milk. I have some strong opinions about milk. I'll I'll go f- uh, you go first and and I'll follow. Well, what you are you not what you're not a fan of chocolate milk? What's what's your problem with I, chocolate milk? I, no, I think chocolate milk is great. I think people who drink regular milk should be killed. No, why? Explain. <laughs> are you are you a criminal? I am pro milk and I'm pro whole milk. Put chocolate stuff in it or strawberry stuff. <laughs> no. No, I'm not going to dilute the taste of regular milk with I'm just chocolate gonna or sit, strawberry. I'm just going to sit back and watch this band break What up is wrong <laughs> with <this>? you? <laughs> it's, it's delicious. It's nutritious. It's, you know, got it's tons not, of protein. It's, it's neither. Good. I'm, I'm lighting this spliff. This is amazing. Yeah. You're, be, you're, you're just being contrarian because you know that this is a forum for that kind of thing. And this no, 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 no. These, these are my true and honest opinions. No, I don't believe you, and that's the thing. So you've seen me drink so much milk. I like, have you, actually, yeah. <laughs> I, like, the evidence is like so. Like you have the evidence. You've seen with your own two eyes all of the milk I've consumed. 
just drink almond milk or like oat milk or something. It's like it's <laughs> what's the point? What okay, I will say okay, oat milk is good. It's good. I like it. But regular milk I like too. Uh be- because because you like feeling weighed down, you like feeling like you need a cigarette after you drink cow's milk? <laughs> I've never felt that I've never in my whole life have I had a glass of milk and felt like, oh, I'm so ugh, like I feel so bad now. Never. I've always felt great after a glass of milk. <laughs> it's wrong and, and you know that's straight, wrong. straight facts dude no no i drink a glass of milk and i'm like man awesome i feel like i'm, feeling like I'm on the top of the world right now you're trolling what okay and- why, why don't we take this offline all right why don't we take this offline we'll talk about I, this later yeah i will i will say um i personally don't drink cow milk very often i do i use it to cook because I'm not substituting that with like other stuff. It's just like it's it's too too important. Whatever dish requires milk, I just trust that the person who wrote that recipe knows that milk is the right call on the ingredient. Are um, you making milk steak or or what? Yeah, I, I love a love a good milk steak. Um, no, but a lot of baking like requires milk. You know, there's uh, it's hard to find a good replacement in baking. I yeah, baking you should yeah. just follow the fuck unless you know unless you are like vegan or gluten free or whatever and you know go live your life uh but i used i used to chug milk like i used to down milk like glasses of milk like i could i could like scarf down a glass of milk in three seconds like and and i think it fucking ruined like i grew up in a milk drinking household Mm-hmm. But I like at, in college because we used to get like the the local farm del- milk delivery. It would come like they, there was a steel box outside our house. You know, the, each week the man would come up and he would put like four gallons of milk in there. But then I went to college and they just had like the hood milk from the dispenser, and I was like, oh, this shit's nasty. It is, yeah, and it, so, it, and, it's no good. Yeah, yeah, and so I I stopped drinking milk when I was in high school. Um, there was a brief period of time where my friends were doing gallon challenges. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I'm familiar, but it's a no for me, sweetie. Like, not not to you. Like, go go on with your story, but it's just. I mean, there's not too much to it. I mean, there was the gallon of Baja Blast challenge. Uh, <laughs> okay, it wasn't okay. So it wasn't just oh milk, like gallon. Yeah, no, of milk no. Challenges. We we ran the gamut of, of okay. gallon challenges. Right. There was gallon of whole milk challenges. That was, I mean, every time it was like without fail, like projectile vomiting in a Taco Bell parking lot. And you just like, you just don't need all that liquid at once. No, no I don't much. even think you. I think it's a matter of need at that point. I think you just can't have that much liquid at once. If, yeah, your your body is physically restraining you from putting that much liquid in your body. Yeah, it feels challenged by that much liquid. So <laughs> even I, even yeah. a, like a glorious godlike nectar such as Baja Blast, they make a Mountain Dew. This only because I'm now thinking of Baja Blast, but they make a Mountain Dew like alcohol, like hard seltzer now, and it's whoa, yeah, that shit is dangerous because I went and visited my brother and he introduced me to this stuff. They have like tall boy Baja blasts that like I had one of those and I did not like, I wasn't feeling drunk. I'll tell you what, like I could have, I felt like I could have had like three more of those and then like power lifted, you know, you you want to talk about like waking up, like taking your, your various like chemical mixtures and feeling like God, like give me a couple Baja blast tall boys. 
Yeah, that I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like the four loco effect where you've got the the booze and the caffeine, and you're just like you're just going for it. I don't know that it had caffeine, oh, but really? don't quote me on that. I wasn't I mean, checking. I, uh, yeah, I think Jamie, it's just like flavored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jamie. <laughs> Um, I mean, if it's if it's got Mountain Dew in it, or if it, if it's just a Mountain Dew product, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know who's to say. It's yeah, they I, they at least have their branding on it, but they have they have like four four flavors. It's all like uh, zero sugar and like low calories. So if you know if you care, yeah, I'm gonna be doing some research on that. Yeah, yeah. some yeah, some thorough thorough research. Uh, gonna do some human testing. <laughs> We're going straight to human testing. Yeah, no, you might test it. on some animals. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> yeah, my dog. Loves I'm not going to. Lot, I, so. I'm. I'm just going to make a disclaimer. I am not going to force any any animals to drink hard Mountain Dew. If it just the happens old, yeah. to be before Peter comes in, force, the only animal I'm going to force to drink hard Mountain Dew is uh, this animal right here. <laughs> am I oh. right, fellas? Am I right, fellas? He's got two thumbs, and he pointed at himself. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot this isn't a video yeah. podcast. So for the <laughs> listeners at home, I think I think given the context, most listeners will figure it out. But just in case, just in case, he did point at himself, and it was very smooth and very cool, and everyone clapped. I I don't have that dog in me. I am that dog. <laughs>
Oh, um, Steve K. What's your uh, least favorite thing about the English, having lived among them? Oh man. Okay, <laughs> so it's like uh, the okay. I know that the food, like the like 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 in, like the food in Britain is like it's a stereotype that it's like it's really bad. But it it's not only bad, but like the names. Okay, I'll, okay. Let me give you, let me give you an anecdote. So when I first got there. Uh, one of the first things I like, like one, like the first week I was there, like I went out to a pub and I was like, all right, I'm going to order like classic fish and chips, um, you know, classic English pub food, probably going to be delicious. Looking forward to it. And when the waiter came over and took my order, I was like, yeah, like I'll get the fish and chips. And he asked me, do you want your peas, peas, green peas, Mush, mushy peas, regular, regular or mushy? And I had no, I had no idea what he was talking about, because I had no idea that mushy peas were a thing. Yep. And the idea of mushy peas was so bizarre to me that like I couldn't wrap my head around it. I'm glad it um, went to mushy peas because I was explaining mushy peas to a friend, uh, like a coworker last week. Because I would. Yeah. So there's this there's this uh, Twitter account that shows like the like pictures of food from like British like soccer stadiums. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's just like it's you know it's like Manchester United has like the worst looking hot dog you've ever seen. It's like fucking gray, and the dog is like it's like a foot long dog on a six inch bun. It's just like comical, uh, yep. and you like you know like England is real. I hate I hate to you know be the one to break the news to anyone who who thought otherwise. But yeah, look, there, there's one stadium they had like mushy peas that you could order, and my coworker was like, "What the fuck is that?" It's it, it's it, so repulsive. Yeah, it looks like green mashed potatoes, which, you know, if you told me that as a kid, that might have made it 
seem appealing, but like, yeah, I, I like mean, peas. They're like okay, but I feel like, uh, like I feel like a six year old whenever I eat them for whatever reason. I don't know why, like, I associate peas with being a child, but I it, do. It's one of the more infantilizing vegetables for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. they're you know they're like it's like a it's like a Gerber food. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I mean. Well, because like I imagine like ch- children who like own don't have like all their teeth and then like you know soft it you know the, it, a, a pea is not it's not causing any, you any problems like yeah it's, it's really it's easy small, to eat. so if you swallow it like you're not going to choke on it and it, like if it's just in your mouth like i feel like i could eat peas with no teeth i feel like i could crush those peas with just my gums well you don't even have to crush them because you could just get it mushy just mush them up and yeah. they're pre-crushed for you yeah yeah, you know. peas peas are such a condescending food to be given, you know, at a restaurant for for me as a grown man. Um and the so the other thing is I was in I was in a I was in a Tesco looking getting my groceries and I see on on the shelf this stuff called squirty cream <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> which is what they call whipped cream in the UK. And you can Google it. Google all you listeners out there. Go Google it. Google squirty cream, and there will only be a few porn links. Uh, but the top result will be, uh, it'll say that squirty cream is whipped cream in England. Uh, and that was so ridiculous to me. Uh, yeah. Does I, it does it squirt or does it dispense like a like a whipped cream can? Regu- like regular whipped cream can. Yeah, it's just, just called just called just, squirty cream. Yeah, that 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 Google that squirt is worth the squeeze for sure. So so if I was at a rave in the UK and someone was handing out like had like a like a tank of nitrous gas, would I go up to them and be like instead of like can I get a whip it like hey can I get a squirt? I love can I get a squirt? Yeah, I yeah, and I think they would know what you were talking about. Yeah, I watched that documentary of uh, Stevo and his like addiction to whippets. Uh, and after that, I like whippets became like the one of the few drugs that would be like hard pass for me for like the rest of my life. Yeah, I only watched like the first 15 minutes of that. So I just really want to go to clown school and do a lot of whippets. <laughs> I wonder where the nearest clown college is. Jamie, can we? Uh, I'm my own Jamie. <laughs> In that documentary, I think he said that that was like the premier clown college, whichever one he went to. I just typed in clown closet, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Tomato. Potato. Where my head's at. I need a closet full of clowns. That was my worst fucking nightmare. Speaking of clowns, do uh, you want to talk about the time that we hired a clown to play at one of our shows that ended up being a benefit uh, like event for this person that had a stroke? <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we uh, we played a show maybe like five uh, but years sorry, ago. Before you, before you get too into this, I just want to say Plymouth, Massachusetts, the the New England Clown Institute. Oh, that's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. it's in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Please wow. continue. <laughs> <laughs> they brought the Mayflower and they also brought the clowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, yeah, so we, we played this benefit show and uh, I think it was in East Boston. And um, I just want to preface, th- preface this with we were not aware that this was a benefit show. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story? Was... I think I think you're you've got the, the, the chops and the moxie for this. Yeah, I was. Actually, I also I, actually... th- I also think uh, given the looking at the time right now, this let tell the story in full, but this will probably wrap us up. 
That's that. This is a perfect way to end it. Cool. Perfect. This right. gives the perfect little insight into Fat Randy. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we got asked. So okay, so our friend Sarah was asked to play at this event at this house in East Boston, who she sings and plays guitar. Um, so she wanted us to be her backing band for this, uh, this thing that she was doing. And that snowballed into, oh, how about you back me up for like a cup, like for my set. And then you guys can play a set. Um, and then she said, how about I just do one song and you guys can just play whatever it is you want to play. And we were like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. So in our heads, we thought this was some just house show in East Boston. Uh, and we were, you know, just going to do our normal thing. And at the time we were really into doing bits, uh, like during our shows and everything, which I think we should bring back, but that'll be a separate conversation. So for this one, we were, we decided to really go all out and we hired a clown. Uh, uh, we hired a clown to like perform during our, our, our set. And, he was so in he was way more into it than i anticipated like he before our our set he was like talking to us about the different bits we were going to do he brought all these props and he was he was like how weird and surreal do you want me to be because he was like he mostly did like kids events and kids parties and stuff but he but he like was like he was like a performer and you know like a like a clown that wanted to do yeah. more like adult surreal abstract he's about act. he's about the art Lynn. yes I, no, keep in was. mind keep it and, and keep in mind too this man is uh like 75 years old and like five <laughs> yeah. foot three that's this yeah. is incredible this is like i did not like clowns but i'm like this this guy is like kind of warming me up please i want to hear more yeah. so his name was marty levin so shout out marty uh uh he's still kicking as far as i'm aware if you need a clown uh, for your event Marty Levin, hire Marty. So Fat Randy stamp of approval. Um, so we like show up to this this gig, and we're setting our up our stuff, and we're uh, talking to Marty about all the things we're gonna do, and we're like slowly kind of learning of about what this event is, and we learn sort of like right before we went on that uh, it was a like like a charity event for one of their coworkers that like had a stroke and they were like raising money for him. And everyone was like pretty like upset about the whole thing. Um, and so <laughs> we were, we like, we just decided we were like, we already paid Marty and he's here. So let's go. Let's just do our thing. Good. They should like a clown is meant to cheer you up, right? Yes. However, his his bits were not about cheering people up. There was like one particular one where he was like, "All right, we were in like the back room talking, and he was like, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come out with my shirt off, and I'm going to pretend to be rabid." And I'm going to run up to Steven. Uh, so this Steven right here, um, the guitar player. Me. Uh, yeah, other Steven. He's like, I'm going to pretend to bite him on the neck. And you're going to have to pull me off of him while everyone else is screaming to yell to get him off. Okay, and I right. want you to bring me and put my arms behind my back and and push him and push me around the house. So what he had me do was 
after he ran, like we were playing a song and he ran out of the back room, like, like, like a rabid dog and like pretended to like bite Steve, like the Steven, this other Steven's neck. I grabbed him and pushed him around the entire house. He, he like, he insisted I bring him to like each room where people were and like move him through it. And it took probably like five whole minutes. And we like, were in the middle of our set. And the whole time he was like yelling and like ranting like a lunatic with, oh, he was also wearing a clown nose, by the way. He was like in like, well, he had like a clown nose, shirtless, big baggy black pants and clown shoes. But just like just the nose, like no other makeup. No other makeup, just the nose. Um, and then I, I it's kind of take. I'm kind of taken back. I probably spoke too soon on the like. This guy is. He he was a real he was a real performance artist, and even it was it was during that particular bit where I maybe had should a reali- stick I, to the kids stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, I had a realization like, oh no, we went too far. <laughs> like it went like this bit went too far because the people like people had these looks on like horrified looks on their faces as i was like bringing him around and every time i I said to him a couple times i was like hey marty let let me uh, let's let's get back down to the basement and he's like no no bring me through this room and i'm like oh my god all right wait so what so what did you guys and the rest of the band do for those five minutes like were you just you just keep playing yeah, what I, did you guys do? I don't remember, but I doubt we played. <laughs> <laughs> so how you just like, we, like, we can't start the next song because our bassist is walking a rabid clown around around a charity for, for sorry, like it was, it was a, it was like a, a charity event. Yeah, and actually, yeah. um, but one like thing that I a do, sad thing, right? Yeah, uh, it was it was a very yeah, it was a very sad event, like. <laughs> Um, I do remember, like we we walked into the thing, into the 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 backyard event where like a lot of the, you know, festivities, I guess for lack of a better word, were being held, and uh, I brought like a Nike lunchbox befitting a twelve year old <laughs> with some salad in there, and I went up to the host and I said, "Where be your dressings?" And I walked with him to his refrigerator to get salad dressing. Uh, and then I ran into um, this woman and she was like, I'm Kevin's sister. And I was like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> and it turns out Kevin had a stroke. And uh, Kevin's sister was who I was talking to. And yeah, I don't know. We just we really brought our A game with that one. So, <laughs> All right. What I will say is. Everyone there remembers you guys. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They we like, are seared in their brains. Yeah. Like so, you know, talk about you want to talk about good marketing. Like <laughs> at least to a like a very like specific so like how many people would you say were there? How many do you think, Steven? I think like 40 or something. All right. I'd say 40 yeah. minimum. 40 people will you are unforgettable to 40 people how i always wanted to be remembered yeah yeah Yeah. and that yeah that was that uh and i just want to conclude that story with saying again we were not aware of the conditions of that event until well into it well into our acts our our heinous behavior 
Well, Kevin's sister, if you're if you're listening, now you understand Fat Randy's perspective. Our side of the story. There's two sides of every story. Yeah. Taylor's version for sure. Yeah. That that sounds harrowing. That's yeah. <laughs> but hey, I can't say there's no coming back from that because you've gone on to write, record, middling, release middling three excellent heights. albums. But the music's good, and that's yeah. what they should have been appreciating in the first place. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was saying the whole time. It's like, shut up about your stupid brother. We're so good. <laughs> Kevin's sister, if you're listening. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry, though, Kevin. You should have been, Stephen, you should have gone up there and be like, hey, I'm really sorry, you know, about what happened to Kevin. Uh, I think this will really cheer you up. And then you slide our CD over to her. <laughs> A little bit of reggaenomics in your life, yeah. I think a little bit of the... Uh, Who the hell is Fat Randy? <laughs> your new favorite band. Yeah, and I that's... I guess we'll end where we started. Who is Fat Randy?
it'll be whatever the whatever the next Thursday is after that. Is that uh, or the two new two? Uh, so May fourth, May the fourth be with you. You this will be the Star Wars. Oh shit! This will be we, the Star Wars. We episode. didn't even talk about Star Wars. Yeah. All right, we got. I got till seven thirty. <laughs> yeah, we we got it like a, a like a minute. All right, what? Uh, just like each of you end with a quick like, you know, a quick statement about Star Wars. Is it a hot take to say that Rogue One is the best movie? I'd say it's a pretty hot take. It's a pretty hot take. I got, yeah. but I got, I got five words. I could do it in five words. Give the prequels a chance. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Phantom Menace, absolute stellar movie. I'm, at, Wars. I'm gonna definitely not boring. I'm gonna jump on on this train here, and I'm gonna say, I specifically for Phantom Menace, I fucking love Phantom Menace, and I'm yeah, not ashamed to say it. Not ashamed to say it. Also, fun fact, and this is what I'll leave you with, was that uh, Michael Jackson almost played Jar Jar Binks. What? He, re- he really wanted to play Jar Jar. He, like, he wow. was trying to be friends with George Lucas, and when he didn't get cast in the new Star Wars, uh, he was really sad. Do you think that's why he did all those things he did? <laughs> uh <laughs> Actually, if if you watch the um the documentary, um, which I watched in uh, succession with uh, the R. Kelly documentary over a period of two days, uh, you'll learn that uh, that actually predates the Phantom Menace and postdates it too, for that matter. <laughs> okay, well, maybe yeah. it exacerbated the problem. Yeah. No, I think it was probably unrelated. I, I I'm sure it was unrelated. Star, Star Wars unrelated, but yeah, I mean that's what we could have had is. Michael Jackson, Jar Jar Binks. This is what they took from us. Seriously. But pod racing, fucking sick as hell. That's a yeah. great video game. It's a no, great scene. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That That's just, that's so cool. Uh, But yeah, I so want... that's my finals closing statement. I wish statement they fleshed out yeah, Darth Maul more. That's it. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the, that's sort of the big miss of that movie. Was that like, Darth... well, if you watch... Which I haven't, but I know this. If you watch like one of the Clone Wars series, they they brought him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he really should have he should have been fleshed out a lot more. Agree. You know, work with what we got. But when that second lightsaber blade hits, like oof. Yeah, you know, oof. shit's about to go down. Yeah. Um, the duel of the fates. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, that ending. That ending fight scene is like it's 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 so good. John Williams not only made the the original Star Wars like songs, but then to to have to come back and be like, oh, can you just drop another fucking banger and mm-hmm. be like yeah. Duel of the Fates oh. as a, as original and possibly like, better than the original track. It like, has soundtrack. to be the most epic shit ever. Well, the, I mean, the original set, like the original, the the theme is the theme, but that's like. That comes at the beginning, but you need yeah, some fucking epic for this this shit. Like you'd be like, so it's a lightsaber fight. Yeah, okay. This guy, so he open he's one lightsaber comes out, and you think that's it. He's got to fight two people though. Second lightsaber comes out, so you need to make something that like, you know, meets that moment, and that's Duel of the Fates. I'm gonna listen to it 
like pretty much as soon as I end. I, 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 I think I might as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. He. He. I mean. Now, to be fair, he was probably in a bit of a creative. Uh. You know, he probably had a good flow state going because he was. Uh. Harry Potter was around the same time too. Oh yeah. Years. No. True. 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 He was just rife with that cinemagic. You know. I did he ever have a period of time like after Star Wars where he couldn't get work? Do you think? I highly <laughs> I don't know, doubt it. I don't know if John Williams has ever been struggling struggling local like well, indie I, artists. I don't know what his his exact thing is, but I do know if you like if you are a classical composer, like if you don't have work, you just go conduct like a philharmonic somewhere. So I'm sure he was just like doing that is like, you know the Boston Philharmonic or something. He didn't have his, his tar era. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> your tar didn't have her tar era. You know? <laughs> uh, Steven, is there any, anything we want to plug before? Uh, is, is that a yeah. right? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, no, that cool absolutely. Way? That's why yeah. you're here. Okay. Plug it, plug away. Yeah. So, uh, in the interest of, uh, you know, things that will come out post uh, May the 4th um, related to Boston. We have a gig on Thursday, June 15 at O'Brien's with this band called Cat Piss from Nebraska. Mm. Um, they uh, had like some sort of tagline in their email that was like, are you thirsty for piss? And I replied, I was like, you know, Cat Piss, we might very well be thirsty for your piss. Let me check with the boys and we'll get back to you. Um, so that's Thursday, June 15th at O'Brien's Pub in Alston. Uh, I also, just as a matter of principle, want to plug our pickles. Uh, we sell, um, oh, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about our pickles, but that's okay. I, this, this would have been, you know, useful at the top of the show, guys. Yeah. But I, I'm I a mean, big pickle guy. I love, a, I love a good pickle. Well, let us know and we'll, we'll hook you up. But yeah, so we've got, uh, four varieties of flavors that correspond to each band member i'm uh gonna start uh prototyping a carl flavor which is to say we're probably gonna make pickle chips for his brand um but we also need for to the do sandwich a lovers out there exactly but we got to get a picture of him with the shirt off because that's kind of the rule so um real quick we have the connor that's our spicy dill that's uh jalapeno habanero dill garlic uh, mustard seed, proprietary brine. We've got the Steve. That's our Italian dill. That's uh, um, it's a uh, bay leaves, crushed red, or a little bit of crushed red. Uh, you know, vinegar, garlic. You dill. don't. You don't need. You don't need to go through all the spices. You can just <laughs> say the general flavor. Italian dill. Uh, it's good. Uh, we've got the Evan. It's like a sweet and spicy. There's like a honey, garlic, honey and apple cider vinegar. Cider vinegar. Uh, and That's then it. my then my flavor is like a ghost pepper peach. Although during this season, it's like a mango pineapple habanero. It's fucking weird and silly. Uh, Those so sound if you go really good. Yeah, if you go to a Fat Randy show, we will assuredly be selling at least some of those varieties. Or if you don't want to listen to our music and you just want the pickles, you can always just DM us on Instagram and say, <laughs> "Hey, I actually hate music." But I, I hate love your pickles. music. Exactly. I hate your music, but your pickles are freaking fire. Play Not even your yeah. music, just all music. I'm just yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm fine over too. It. We will yeah. deliver pickles to you. We can deliver pickles in Boston. We can deliver pickles in Boston. It's your pickle plug right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh all right. That's great news. I'm gonna go to that show on Wait, it was June June fifteenth. You said June fifteenth. Yeah, right, it's I'm a gonna Thursday. add that to my calendar and try to try to make that so I can oh, get nice. some fucking pickles. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, as far as our socials, it's Fat Randy the Band on Instagram, uh, Fat Randy the Band on TikTok, uh, I think. That's right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Fat Randy6 on Twitter. I don't really tweet. I just follow the hot communists. Was there, were there Fat Randy's one through five? Were those taken? Unfortunately, afraid so. Yeah. Um, Fat Randy. Yeah. Fat Randy is actually the name of a uh, professional uh, place kicker for the uh, Tennessee Titans, Randy Bullock. Uh, Pay, Pay for the, pay for a blue check mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure he's got some stands who uh, took the first five. But yeah, so and then, you know, just uh, Fat Randy Uncut on Snapchat for the bots. I think that covers cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. Follow Fat also, Randy. Our music, our music is on Spotify and Bandcamp and, and all that good stuff. Wherever also Apple music, music, I'll say, because yeah. that's where Apple I music, yep. listen. I, I, too, am an Apple music listener. Yeah, you got to. The quality is better than spotify but uh please listen on spotify because we are desperate for numbers <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah thanks for having us on here yeah, yeah appreciate it. it thanks for coming on this was great i'll hit you guys up when around when it's going to come out and uh or some, Sounds great. sometime in the meantime we'll talk soon cool Perfect. yeah all right have a good night guys Alrighty, yeah have fun at the show thanks catch you later all right, there you have it, folks. That was Fat Randy, Stephen and Stephen, members of Fat Randy. Thanks to Fat Randy for for coming on and making me laugh, keeping me entertained, making my job easy. Um, thank you to you guys out there listening. Make sure you gaslight your friends and family into listening to this podcast. I fully condone that. Uh, thank you to Ethan for his work on the audio engineering side of things, mastering this, this show, um, can't do it without you. I have tried. Thank you to everyone out over at Alston Pudding. Thank you to, to, if you're out there making, making music, thank you. All right. I will see you guys the next episode. I'm no longer going to say on the next week because who knows? I mean, whatever week the episode comes out, I guess it's the next one, but next episode I'll be back next next week ben's gonna come back as co-host um and we're gonna talk to perennial Uh, another another band in the you know in the punk sphere of things so we're we're keeping it pretty you know fuck the man to start season three and i love that for us uh anyway um see you then bye